Hello and welcome to Is Me and Conversation, a podcast all about advice for leaders of independent businesses. My name is Ed and I'll be asking our guests for the best pieces of advice that they've ever received in business and in life, as well as the worst pieces of advice. They'll also be sharing practical and implementable tips and advice for business leaders. On this episode, we have Louise Holloway from People Partner HR and Training. So we're going to touch on the HR steps that all businesses need to have in place and how HR has, well, an unfair bad rep. So with that in mind, hello, Louise. Welcome to the podcast. Please tell us a little bit about you. Ah, thanks very much. Uh, I'm Louise Holloway and I'm the director at the People Partner HR and Training. Uh, as the name suggests, I am an HR and training consultant. I've worked in a number of businesses over many years, different sizes, different areas of business. But within the People Partner HR and Training, what I do is I work with businesses that are going through change. So whether that is a new business taking on people for the first time, whether it's a business that is growing and expanding, or whether they are going through something like a restructure or a merger, and they need that sort of help to get them through the people side of things. What are the problems that are most common for a business going through that sort of change that you've just described? There's two areas, really. One is the sort of more legal side of things. So knowing what they need to do to get the right paperwork and the right processes in place. The other thing that they usually need support with is is the communication, is how do you communicate what you're doing? When do you communicate? Who do you communicate with? And getting the people who are already in the business on board with whatever the change is going to be. Fantastic. Bit of a slight change of direction now. HR. Yeah. Does it have the wrong reputation? Is it misunderstood? I think so. I mean, certainly when I started, which was many years ago, we were very much the sort of tea and sympathy brigade. It was, you know, you went you went to see HR if you had a problem and we were expected to just sort it out. And we were really just there for hiring and firing. I think that reputation has partly continued due to the way that if you ever see HR on the telly in any of the sitcoms, we're always these dreadful, generally women who do awful things or are completely ineffectual. Uh, I'm thinking dinner ladies here. Um, But in reality, these days, we are a business partner. We do work with businesses. We do have something to contribute in terms of the most important part of any business, which is its people. We tend to be experts in our field. So whether that's legislation, whether it's policy, whether it's procedure, or whether it is just how to work with people. And I think people do misunderstand that and they don't understand the massive contribution that we can have to the success of a business, financial success of a business not just making everybody happy while they're at work. So I'm going to throw the questions that I had planned out the window now, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, (laughs) your business model is based on your partnership with businesses as an external HR provider and trainer. Is that model better than an internal HR department or person? Or rather, what are the benefits to your model that an internal HR person doesn't bring? I think the benefits, I mean, having an internal HR person is great or HR team is fantastic. And if the business is big enough, then absolutely it's a great way forward. 
But I think for any business, having an external viewpoint on what's happening can be really helpful. You see things that other people who are within the business don't see. You have different ways of working, different ideas. But I think I will come in and spot things that somebody who's worked within the business, particularly if they've been there a long time, if they're the owner, if they're, you know, this is their baby. I will see things that they just won't see or maybe don't want to see. So I think that is a definite advantage. And I can probably say things to people in the nicest possible way that somebody who worked internally maybe couldn't. So yeah, depending on the size of the business. But as I said, even for larger businesses, if you do have a particular project, you're going through, I don't know, a redundancy or a restructure. Sometimes it does help to have somebody come in externally and give it that once over. And you pick up on things that maybe internals may miss. You mentioned the lack of communication being the biggest problem, the most common form of problem that a business is going to come across or have existing in their organization in terms of HR. What do you do to solve those things? What are the most important things that a business can have or put in place so that those problems don't arise? Training, training for the managers. Um, I think a lot of the time the communication is not because people don't want to talk, they're scared to talk. They don't know what they can and can't say. They don't know how they can say it. Or they're worried, you know, oh, we can't tell everybody this because this is confidential. So we say nothing. And it's, it's really spending that time with the management team to understand what they can say. There's very little that you can't say, to be honest, but to understand how to say things and how to keep that communication going and getting those right processes in place so that it becomes something that you do regularly rather than, oh, we've got this happening. We probably better go and talk to people. Why do we have managers who are potentially not proficient or comfortable managing people? It's not something that they necessarily think about when they move up into that step. Look, a lot of managers are people who are really good at doing the job. They are people who have done the job, they've got the skills to do the tasks or whatever the doing the do is. What they haven't considered when they are promoted or what the people who've promoted them haven't considered is, are they actually people people? Are they interested in working as being a people manager? Do they have the skill set? And so many managers are promoted on the basis of their previous performance without thinking about what all those new roles are, that they will need to have those difficult conversations that they will need to manage people's performance, that they will need to sometimes say, no, sorry, I've known you for years, but actually you're not doing it right. Those are the things that we don't train managers on. We just kind of expect them to pick it up along the way, but they've got the word manager in there for a reason. Yeah, it's this kind of (laughs) soft human skills that we don't necessarily think of something that you learn, but clearly we do. You offer consultancy and training. What does the training look like? How do you, can you, in fact, make somebody more of a people person? I I can think of people I know that are definitely never going to be people persons. So how do you you start that process? I mean, the training that I offer comes in a variety of ways. So I can do face-to-face. I tend to do workshop-based training. It does not involve me standing up and talking at people for hours on end because that would be incredibly dull. 
I prefer to do it face-to-face, happy to do it online if needed. But the workshops that I run are about trying to get people to think about how they say things, what they do, and also giving them the theory behind it. And, you know, there are a few do's and don'ts when you're managing people. Can I make somebody a great people person? No, probably not. Can I improve their people skills? Yes, absolutely. Some people will never be fantastic people people, but at least they'll know what they can't do at all and what they should be doing better. And then it's up to them to work on it. There's only so much you can learn in a one-day training course. It's then down to their managers to support them in taking that knowledge forward. I guess to a degree, acknowledging the difficulty of the position of someone you've just described, who's been promoted because of their skill set into a management role, acknowledging that that's a difficult transition to make, that's that's a great starting point, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is that this is going to be tough. I remember we promoted somebody a few years ago when I, w- I was still working in a business And we sat her down and said, we want you to do this job. Now we know you are going to struggle because you are very passionate. You're very enthusiastic, but sometimes that's not in an appropriately managerial way, shall we say. But we knew that. We knew she had the skills. We knew she could do it, but we also knew she was going to need a lot of support. And yeah, every now and then I had to call her in and say, right, that conversation that you've just had, how could we have done that differently? But that first acknowledgement, it gives them the opportunity to say, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I need more support. And then we can provide the support that they need rather than wait until that end of year appraisal and saying, oh, by the way, your people skills are rubbish. Yeah. And it acknowledges those people skills at the start of the process, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. So this podcast is all about advice. It's called Is Me In Conversation. Is Me In Co is all about finding and providing advice. If you haven't checked out that platform, please do. So what we want from you, Louise, is the greatest and worst pieces of advice that you've ever received. <laughs> we'll, say, we'll save the worst piece of advice that you've ever received till the end for a bit of drama. But can you start us off with one of the great pieces of advice that you've received, either in your life or, or your career? I think the, the best piece of advice I received in my career was from uh, one of my first ever managers when I've moved into HR. And her advice to me was, People will phone you in a panic. This has happened. That's happened. You need to do this. We need to do that. And the best piece of advice she gave me was stop and think. Just take that emotion out of the scenario. When you're talking about people, people do tend to become very emotional about things, whether that's in a good way or a bad way. And that bit of advice, which was stop, really think it through and then make a decision, take some time, was essential, I think, for me. That sounds like advice that can be applied, yes, in HR, because obviously that's you're dealing with people, but also in all other scenarios. I mean, any kind of business leader needs to stop and breathe and take the emotion out of a situation. Is it advice that you've applied as you started your own business? Absolutely. Gosh, yes. I mean, obviously in my HR side, but also in the actually running a business side, From being given a great offer on, you know, I can give you great sales training or LinkedIn training. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, this is exactly what I need. And then stopping and thinking, do I really need that? Is that really going to do what it says on the tin? And sometimes it will. Absolutely. 
But other times you'll think back and go, hmm, maybe I'll just wait on that and see what happens. And I think, yeah, any sort of business, just that stop and think. What have you found to be the most difficult aspect of running a new business, founding a business over the last couple of years? Getting established, building that network of people who can support you, you can support, and well, well, building the business, getting the clients in because you have no history. You can say you've got history, and yes, I've done this for 20-odd years, but what they can't see is what you've done in this role. Building that base that they can look and say, yeah, she does know what she's talking about. I think that's the most difficult bit. Did you start from scratch? Did you have clients at your inception or nothing? No, absolutely nothing. I walked out of corporate life and walked into this with some contacts, but no, nothing. It's terrifying, isn't it? Absolutely terrifying. (laughs) That first month when what would have been payday comes around and nothing happens. (laughs) Your bank account doesn't miraculously uh, go up. It is terrifying because when you're working in a business, there's always someone you can go and talk to. There's always somebody. You've always got that boss. You can go and say, I've messed up or this isn't working. Who can help me? And basically, the only person I can ask that is me. Your second piece of great advice, please, Louise. Is almost the opposite of the first. Excellent. So whilst one piece of advice is saying stop and think, the other bit of advice was don't think too long. When I was working in London, the company I was working for restructured and they asked me if I would move from London to Manchester. I'd never been to Manchester. I had no idea what I was going to do when I got there. But it excited me. It was a step up with the company. It felt like the right thing to do. And overthinking it would have made me think of all the awful, awful things that could have happened. And actually, what I said to myself was based on the advice from this amazing person was, well, what actually is the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. I don't like it. So what? I can come back to London. I can go somewhere else. I can do something else. So I did it. And hey, it was the best move I ever made. So it's don't overthink Don't go into every single little thing that can go wrong. If it feels the right thing and you've done, you know, an appropriate amount of research, then go for it. Don't hold yourself back worrying about all the things that could go wrong because actually it could go very, very right. Yeah, we catastrophize, don't we? Potential outcomes. Right. Moving on from that. Thank you for that advice, by the way. You're a trained actor. Yes. So my, my question is... Are there any skills that actors have that you train to have that are useful as a business owner? Yes, I think so. This was actually another piece of advice somebody gave me because when I trained as an actor and then I was starting to look for a proper job, I was saying, well, I'm not qualified to do anything. And they said, well, actually, yes, you are. You've had communication skills, confidence, the ability to stand up and talk to people. Even learning lines, you know, memory skills, things like that. So, yeah, I think there are. I mean, I come across as very confident in most of the things I do. I might not be. So, yeah, I think there are a huge number of benefits to having gone through a slightly less orthodox route to end up where I am. 
which also was extremely enjoyable. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Okay, so final question now. And I'm hoping this will be the worst piece of advice that anybody's ever heard. No pressure. No pressure. Everyone does like a disaster story. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? The worst piece of advice I ever received was, you don't need to get a professional plumber in for that. You can learn how to do it on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Let's dial this back. Um, (laughs) Was there there flooding? Was there a leak? leak? We were having the the room replastered. And the plasterer had asked us if we could take the radiators off the walls. I had absolutely no idea. And so I I mentioned to a friend that I needed to do this. And I was getting asked if they could recommend a plumber, to which their response is, you don't need a plumber to do that. You can learn how to do it on YouTube. And I followed that piece of advice and uh, got a YouTube video up and did everything that they said, moved the radiator very slightly. And yes, there was water everywhere. Yeah, a lot of water. A lot of water. I think there's also, I mean, obviously there's that very practical advice which comes down to plumbing, but there's also a broader application of that terrible piece of advice, isn't there, about seeking out expertise in the right way. Perhaps HR expertise. You'd never have thought it, would you? But yeah, I mean, I think from general business rules is, yes, there are things that you can do yourself. But there are also things that, in the long run, it is cheaper, it is easier, and it is much safer to get a professional in to do, because that's what they've spent the last however many years training to do. And you've just looked it up on the internet. So, yeah, don't follow that piece of advice ever. Louise Holloway from People Partner HR and Training, thank you very much indeed. Now, if you found these pieces of advice useful and you'd like access to other experts covering all aspects of running a business, firstly, subscribe to the podcast, of course, and also head to ismeandco.com where you'll find all kinds of advice for business leaders. That's it. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.